I couldn't be religious and gay. It was impossible. I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl. When a girl kissed me on my 18th birthday, a whole other world opened up to me. I was a minor nuisance. Eight Australians will tell you about the choices that have led them to unexpected places. These are some of the stories you will hear on Let Me Tell You, a podcast where real people tell incredible real stories. Look for Let Me Tell You and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands I'm recording from and pay my respects to the Camaragal people of the Kulin Nation and their elders past and present. I also acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands you're listening from. In this bonus episode of Great Minds, we have a chat with Kainan Tan, who led the Meta Meditation in this series. We talked about what Meta is, how Kainan found his way to meditation, and how it can help you in your everyday life. Welcome to Great Minds, Kynan. Thanks for having me. So Kynan, I guess we're going to begin by asking the obvious question. What is the metta meditation? Yeah, so metta meditation, the word metta is sometimes translated as loving kindness. Mm. It can also be translated as friendliness or goodwill. And Basically, it's the practice of cultivating kind intentions. And so there's different ways that this is practiced in different Buddhist traditions, but it goes all the way back to the Pali Canon, like the earliest words of the Buddha. And the Buddha is talking about having this intention that all beings be safe and happy. And so we can practice this by, you know, picturing different people or picturing all beings and then repeating these phrases of kindness, these phrases of goodwill. And by repeating the phrases, we find that it actually shifts our intentions. It shifts where our habitual patterns are at. And then we kind of view new experiences, view people differently. We feel more kindness towards them. We'd love to know a bit about you, Kynan. Tell me a bit about your background kind of growing up and how you came to know or understand meditation in your own life as a child? So I grew up in Perth. My dad is Chinese Malaysian and his family are, we could say, culturally Buddhist. So Buddhism was sort of around. We would occasionally visit the monastery, the temple, but I didn't really learn that much about Buddhism uh, when I was young. My dad did show me how to meditate and that was actually a really cool thing to learn. I would focus on my breath and I'd fall asleep. So I would then use it to fall asleep at night. (laughs) It was a good skill to have. I didn't really get into meditation in a more dedicated way until after I'd moved to Sydney. I was studying and I was working and I found myself stressed, depressed and anxious. And it was actually after I came out of that really challenging period, I realized that the things that I had in my life were all pretty good. If you wrote them down on paper, objectively, life was good. But in my own experience, I felt terrible. Subjectively, the experience was was awful. And so I thought to myself, what's going on here? There must be something that I'm doing to turn what seems to be good into not a very nice way of living. And I realized I just needed to work with my mind. Something was going on in my mind. And so that's when I decided to get more into meditation. I had a friend who sent me a book and he was really helpful in giving me some advice. 
and then got really into it, found it helped a lot with my life, a lot with my mental health. And from then on, just kind of the interest kept growing. So you grew up with meditation as a cultural practice and then moving to Sydney as an adult for a job. Um, there was a crisis period for you. Can you talk about that crisis period and hitting that rock bottom and how that was kind of an impetus for you to kind of go down this road? Yeah, so at the time I was studying uh, towards my PhD. I was teaching, I was working as an artist and also trying to do activism, particularly in the arts. And I found myself, you know, very busy. I had a lot of things going on. I also found myself a little bit isolated, like in a new city. And so I found myself pretty stressed out. Mostly it was depression, you know, days when I couldn't get out of bed, just sort of stuck in my room, crying, feeling really burnt out after projects as well. And I think during that time, I realized like, this is really awful. And I don't want to feel this way in the future. I don't want to feel this way again. I don't want anyone to have to feel this way. And so it was from that point, I actually got into doing uh, like yoga asana practice, and that was really helpful. And then once I had a bit more space, I felt like I could actually devote more time and energy to a practice like meditation and that that could be really helpful. And so it was through this sort of investigation and a practice of meditation, I was able to sort of calm my mind, able to find a bit more space and more resources, and also see what some of my patterns of mind were that were causing me to get kind of tangled up or causing me distress. And that sort of started coming undone a little bit in, in a positive way. And I felt like I had more spaciousness and um, more okayness. And yeah, since then, I luckily haven't been uh, back to a dark place like that again. It's been pretty good. And I'm really finding that the benefits keep going. So this is, this is why I'm really dedicated now to trying to make the practices accessible and share this with others. That's incredible because you not only started training and learning about meditation, but you actually made the transition into becoming a teacher. So what was that transition like from going from being an academic and an artist to transitioning into a whole different career path, which is to become a teacher? <laughs> that must have been scary to make that jump. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I was doing a lot of meditation practice at home in my bedroom. And at some point I realized well, this would be good to find other people who are doing this and maybe to find a teacher. And I actually went online, went on Reddit and found um, that there was a community around the style of practice that I was doing. And I found my primary teacher who is uh, based in the States, Dr. Tucker Peck, and started meeting with him online. And after a while, he asked me to start thinking about teaching. And so we started the process of doing teacher training and so that has involved, you know, meeting regularly with him, doing a few courses around skills for teaching and also shadowing, like going on retreats with Tucker and other teachers and learning how they teach meditation. And so throughout that process, I was like still working sort of part time and also making artworks, doing projects. But I guess I, I really wanted to... Uh, make a shift. I was sort of waiting for the opportunity. And then at the beginning of 2020, when COVID was taking over everything, 
all of my shows were either cancelled or just weren't happening. It was sort of this moment of like, well, it seems like now is the time to try it. And so I decided to start offering intro courses, intro to meditation courses for free online. And at first it was just like friends and family joining. And then I found that people seemed to get a lot out of it. So I kept doing it and gradually just that built up. And now, yeah, now I'm a a full-time meditation teacher, which feels pretty awesome. I, I really love being able to do this. Was it an unexpected path for you? And how did you know that it was the right path? Yeah, good question. At first, I think I actually had the the kind of wrong intention with teaching. I had the the wrong kind of motivation for doing it. At first, I thought, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I should do it. And actually, when I first asked my teacher, he said, no, you can't teach. (laughs) That was actually a, you know, sort of a crushing moment. But looking back, it really helped me learn more about my own intentions. And then when I came back to the idea of teaching, when he asked me again, it felt more like something that I could just offer. If no one takes it up, that's fine. I'll go back to doing other things. But if I want to offer it, you know, just sort of trying to offer it in a way where I'm just giving away something that I think is valuable. If other people find it valuable, then that's great. And uh, yeah, just trying to really come at it from a place of, you know, I just want to make this more available, but I can't force anyone to do it. And so that's been something that's been, you know, has taken a bit of time to to work with, but I feel like nowadays it's really encouraging to see all the people in the community that are getting benefit from it. How has this practice and being immersed in this world, how has it changed you and transformed you as a person? Even before I meditated, people would say that I looked calm, but internally there was a storm going on. (laughs) I think these days, though, I actually do feel calm inside as well as perhaps externally. The practice has been really transformative for me. I found that it's helped me to work through the mental health issues. Uh, It's helped me to be happier and kinder. It's helped me in my relationships And also it really has connected me with some really lovely people and had some great experiences sharing this. And so it's given my life a lot of meaning um, and uh, I've found it incredibly valuable. Thank you so much, Kainan, for being with us today and for your insights and that beautiful meditation. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.